0: Today's episode is brought to you exclusively by the good folks at Blue Note Therapeutics. Blue Note creates digital therapeutics to help cancer patients cope with the emotional distress of our disease. Check out their premier product, COVID Cancer Care, at covidcancercare.com, and we'll keep you posted on more programs that they're going to be releasing soon. Welcome to the Man Up to Cancer Podcast. Hey, everybody. It is Trevor coming to you from Man Up to Cancer World Headquarters in a secret underground location. Uh, I'm full of it. I'm actually in Cape Elizabeth, Maine, but you already knew that. I am talking not cross-country today, but cross two countries. I have Dave Nitchie from Calgary, Alberta, Canada with me today. Dave is a stage four lung cancer survivor badass. He has a background in ultra running and uh, Ironman triathlons. So he's one of these crazy guys. We're going to get into that. Dave, <laughs> welcome to the Man Up to Cancer podcast.
1: Thanks. Appreciate it. Good to be here.
0: So, yes, you are from Canada. So naturally, you're one of the nicest guys that I, that I have met in this <laughs> cancer journey, right? Sorry okay. about that. Yeah, <laughs> We'll do the real
1: Canadian thing there and apologize really. Right <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in, in honesty, super nice guy. <laughs> um, I've gotten to know him through the Man Up to Cancer group and um he is one of the one of a beloved members in there and um i'm getting to know more and more canadians through man up to cancer i had rob burridge from uh vancouver island british columbia uh, on the podcast i think he's the only other canadian so far but i've i've gotten emails this week from three other canadians who are vying to be on the show so i think there's something going on
1: there's a few of us out here yeah (laughs) so it's good awesome so we got uh, yeah go ahead yeah we got Pete we got Pete Peterson in Calgary here as well who's on uh, Man Up to Cancer and I believe we got uh, Brian Brave he's in on the east coast so we've got the country covered I love it
0: it's it's great And great. and I love meeting people from just different geographic regions to see you know what life is like so are you from are you from there originally is that where you grew up no,
1: no, I'm not. I'm actually originally from Winnipeg okay uh which is in this the center of Canada and then I moved to b c for ten years after I graduated and I've been to Cal, been living in Calgary here since two thousand so
0: so tell me a little bit about life and so you grew up and i'm sorry how how for how long were you in winnipeg
1: uh twenty three years twenty four years so you know, the, nice place to be from well yeah so what what's <laughs> what was what was kind of growing up
0: like for you what were What's the, uh, um, what were your activities? Was, I was
1: always always active, always doing something. Um, I was a swimmer and diver. Um, then uh, I went as far as my career in diving would go at 16, 17 years old, and I moved to triathlons and uh, running, ultra running. At, uh, did my first half Ironman at age 16. <laughs> did my first marathon at 16. So um, what, what that, was that's the, where it all started. Yeah.
0: What's, so what sparked that, um, just, did you have someone who, um, got you into this, this those sports or, um, and were you from like yeah, a was, rural area or from like an ur, uh, urban area?
1: No, no. I lived right in Winnipeg. Um, it's actually kind of funny. Cause I, when I was diving, um, we trained at this, at the Pan Am pool and it was the, um, there was a swimmer there that was training for this thing called the Man <sighs> And I had no freaking idea what that was about, <laughs> but this guy was like on the pool deck, you know, riding a stationary bike on the pool deck while he was coaching the swim team. And I'm like, that's hardcore. Like I'd, I'd like to try something like that. So I went and talked to him and, uh, he was actually the guy that, uh, he placed like third or fourth in the, in the Canada Ironman oh. at that time. And I was like, screw this diving thing. I'm going to try it. That looks fun, right? <laughs> this looks way more fun. So I was already cycling and running at the point and, and, uh, yeah, so I did my first triathlon and it was a, it was a half Ironman in uh, Southern Manitoba and I actually had to get permission from my phys ed teacher to do it, because <laughs> at that time, you know, it was, uh, you know, triathlon. That's that's stupid. That's crazy. You don't you don't want to do that, especially when you're 16 years well, old. Well, right, so. and
0: and hey, man, you could have saved yeah. you could have saved yourself a lot of pain if you had never met that guy in the pool. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. So yeah, so I did that, and then uh, then I just kept racing, kept uh, bike racing, and and. Uh, and running lots. And then, uh, yeah, I had lots of marathons under my belt and then decided that, Hey, kept kept hearing about these, these ultra races, uh, you know, anything over 26 miles and figured, Hey, but, but what else is there to do, but do that. So started doing yeah, that. Yeah, Of
0: course. I mean, naturally so, let's then, just punish yeah. ourselves even
1: more. <laughs> exactly, were your yeah. parents,
0: um, were your parents on board for all this? Did they encourage us?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They were on board for everything that, that is, uh, you know, you, introduce your your son to to bicycles and he won't have any money for drugs so there you go do it that way <laughs> there you go but but you so you were the one really yeah.
0: driving it though like saying hey this is something i really want to pursue i mean seriously oh, yeah. you you got to make a serious commitment to do those sports
1: yeah yeah it was a lot of, it was very time consuming very time consuming so yeah but they were always behind me they they came out and watched me at the my first ironman races and in, in ironman canada and they were there the, the whole time, so it was really so good. Very supportive. Did
0: you? So did you like get to the upper level of the sport, or like how? How would you classify your your career in it?
1: Um, I was always age grouping, pretty pretty well. So, um, you know, top top ten age groups, top five age groups, depending on the distances. Yep. Um, as I got older, um, I was I was getting better at the longer distances. Um, I'm not sure what that says about me, but <laughs> getting slower, but wiser, yeah. maybe. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's what happens to us all. But, uh, yeah, there's some, there's some pretty fast guys out there. That's for oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. So, um, what, it's amazing.
0: What did you, I mean, what are some of the qualities about it that really appealed to you? What did you get out of it when you were, when you were in that and, and really competing at that level?
1: Um, it was the individuality of the sport that you're, you're in control of your own destiny. Um, you know, if you have a, if you have a bad swim, it's your fault. Um, if you have a bad bike, it's your fault. There's nobody there to blame but yourself. And you really have to plan your, plan your strategy out. Um, you know, there's not, there's no such thing as a, as a, as a bad run because you have, you had a bad run because you had a great cycle. You didn't leave (laughs) enough in the tank for your run. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of planning to it. So it's, I really like that, that aspect of it, not, not really challenging, your your competitors, but challenging yourself to to what you can do physically and mentally, um, and realizing that you know at the at the end of a long race, you know you're three, four, five miles out of of, of any race, and you think you have nothing in the tank, and you just dig deep.
0: Yeah, so just give, a, just it, I go, mean, you, yeah. it's it's giving me goosebumps now because of the 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 resonance between what you're talking about the mentality of Ironman and the mentality of facing cancer, and I want to circle on that oh. later in the show for sure.
1: Absolutely, um, absolutely. A lot of parallels. So a lot of parallels. So you
0: so you did that. Um you're you're very much into that. I and mean, is that something you continued on twenties, thirties and beyond?
1: Uh yeah, yeah. I did my last Ironman in uh two thousand nine. <clears throat> so that was that's been a while, but uh I still continue to race um a lot of marathons, that sort of thing, uh ten K races. I still mountain bike quite a bit and, and road ride as well, not competitively, but but still still enjoy it, that's for sure. So. And what brought you to Calgary, and, and when did you move there again? I moved there in two thousand. Okay. And actually, I, I came here for work. There was nothing in BC yeah. for me, so I, I moved out here, and, and uh, I met a Sarah with an H. <laughs> so there you go. So that was that was a good thing right off the bat. There back. you go. Big so, points. Yeah. So no doubt, no. And she's been she's been phenomenal. So it's been uh, it's been a good ride.
0: So let's talk about your cancer journey. You. Um, April 2019 how old are you at that point and what was going on in your life before pre-diagnosis
1: um I was 50 at the time um actually I was just laid off a little while prior to that and uh what had happened was um I was starting to lose my sight in my left eye and uh it was the strangest thing and I'd be looking at telephone poles and it would it would kind of wave it was like a wavy telephone pole and I thought this is this is kind of weird whoa went to the optometrist and he said that it was probably a detached retina to get myself to the hospital right away. Cause apparently you have like 72 hours or something to fix that. Yeah. And, uh, at that point, um, the next day I woke up and I didn't have any sight in my eyes. It was, it was done. Scary. So, um, they did ultrasound or ultrasounds or also all sorts of stuff on the eye. They couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. Finally, they, they drained it. There was lots of fluid behind the eye Drained it, and then the next day it was back. Uh, the eye pressure was just through the roof. You know, eighty-five. I think your 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 eye pressure is supposed to be between eleven and twenty, yeah, exactly. something like that. So I was bouncing on the door at eighty-five, ninety. Um, the the fluid came back right away. Then they uh, they sat me down and said, "Look at you have two choices. You can have this eye removed, or spend the rest of your life like this." And it's like that's a no-brainer, right? You just you take the eye which, out. So which eye was it? They they did it. my left eye. <clears throat> So you
0: had, so you had your left eye removed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Removed. No, no sign of, no mention of the word cancer at this point at all. I was feeling good, feeling fine. Like I was still at up until that point, like a week before I was still running five, 10 K a day. Um, (laughs) again, no, no sign of no word of cancer whatsoever. Um, then they all of a sudden a few weeks after that, they go, they sent me for a bone scan and I was like, what, what the heck's going on with the bone scan? Hmm. So I did that. And then they, uh, about a week after that, they sent me to a lung specialist. And um, again, I'm feeling good, feeling fine, you know, except for I don't have an eye. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but it's kind of, kind of a new, new. But experience. it seems like it
0: was kind of like mysterious, like they're what's going on behind the scenes. So. They're just telling you to go to these different specialists, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Then that's where it all started coming down. Um, I went to the lung specialist. And she says, you, you've got some fluid in your lung. Um, do you want to see if I can take some out? And I was like, yeah, well, let, let's go for it. Might as well. I'm here. So she puts this badass big needle into my back oh. and drain, drains about a liter of fluid out of my lung. Wow. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, where'd this come from? And again, still no, no word of cancer or anything like this. And then she says, well, I'll, I'm going to get this biopsied. And, um, this was on a Thursday, she goes, uh, or a Wednesday, she goes, I'm going to get this biopsy. I'll call you next week with her. Results. Oh, jeez.
0: I'm sure you weren't, and you I'm weren't like, sweating I'm, that at all.
1: No, not at all. But again, still Trevor, no word of cancer, no nothing. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. She phones the next day and goes, you better come in. Oh. And at this point, um, Sarah was like, okay, I'm coming with you. And actually we weren't together at the time, but she said, I'm coming with you. This is getting serious. That's amazing. And, um. They they sat me down and said you you've got you've got lung cancer. I'm sending you to an oncologist right away, and uh, oh. I was like, well, geez, just like that, eh? And Sarah and I were just sitting there going, well, what the hell, like, what, like? So I said, well, when am I going to this oncologist? She just goes this afternoon. So off we went to the other hospital, and uh, the oncologist sits me mm-hmm. down. My mom came into town right away, and uh, sits me down and goes, yeah, you've got stage four lung cancer. Here's a conversation you're, you're going to remember for the rest of your life. You're going to die of this, so there it was.
0: Wow! Just like that. Wow!
1: So yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, it, it immediately Sarah said, "You know, you're coming back to live with me right away." Yeah. So that was that was a, a blessing, like amazing. So well, because so cause yeah, you so you, just, you you'd, you'd lost your
0: job, you lost an eye, yeah. and then you're told yeah. that that it's that it's caused by metastatic lung cancer that had um, metastasized to, to your eye?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And was yeah. it anywhere? Was it, <laughs> where was it else in your body at that point?
1: Um, at that point it had gone to my hip, uh, bone mats into the hip. Um, the, but the mo- most of the spots were on the lungs. So there was, it was all over the yeah. lungs constantly. So it was just, you know, obviously inoperable. Um, it's, uh, it's stage four right away. You know, a lot of people that do get lung cancer, Uh, diagnosis is stage four they don't realize they even have it you know you have a cough or something you have a sore back this that another thing they don't they don't get it checked out or they just think uh you know i I overdid it one day you know then the next day you feel feel okay and
0: And did you have any context in terms of family history or anyone you know around you no no no
1: no nothing like that at all nothing like
0: that. and and the first you know obviously there's a lot of false assumptions around lung cancer and and smoking. I'm sure that a lot of people just assumed that you'd been a smoker and that's where you got from, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I joke that, uh, you know, no, I didn't smoke, but I should start now because what the hell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, you know, ultra runner, triathlete, um, someone who took care of their body, no indications from either a family history or, or, or any activities things. that you did that would have flagged you for this. Was there ever any yeah. explanation as to, I mean, is it just a mystery? Like some, some people, this just happened. You know right?
1: what? It's, it's funny you mentioned that it, it is just a mystery. And, um, the, we checked out everything The uh, one of the main causes for lung cancer is radon in your house. Uh, we got the radon checked in the house, nothing yeah. there, um, went back and, and thought of employers that I worked for, whether there was any sort of danger with, materials that I was working with and couldn't come up with anything there as well. So it's just one, it's of, those one of those
0: things. And, and your story reminds yeah. me, I, I've interviewed and talked to Stephen Huff um, from Tennessee before. Um, so Stephen was a professional baseball player in the White Sox organization, diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. I think it is, I got to go back, but late 20s, maybe 30. Um, and again, just complete and utter shock. And, and he has the Huff Foundation. It fundraises for research, but it also tackles that these assumptions and the stigma around lung cancer. And so tell me about the, the adjustment I mean, I, I imagine it was a, a, the shock phase and then trying to learn what you needed to do to fight this.
1: Yeah, it was, it was pretty, the, I, like I always say, if you, if you want to have cancer in Canada, do it, do it in Calgary. We have an amazing, amazing facilities here to, to help you with support and, and that sort of thing. But, um, right away I was on, um, a drug called a fat it's, uh, basically it it is a chemo pill. Um, once a day, the, the, uh, the adjustment to that was pretty tough. Cause there's a lot of, um, uh, side effects to it and they hit you like right, right now. So it was, uh, that was a big adjustment. And then it took me probably at about a month to get my energy back and to just to be able to feel half normal. Absolutely. Just physically, just physically. And then mentally it was, uh, it was really tough because my family had a hard time with it. Um, I think my mom and dad, even still, you know, let's not talk about it. it might go away, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so there's that. But I've got Sarah here. She's been phenomenal. Um, Amazing. So it was uh, it was a bit of an adjustment. And then once once I started researching a lot more and realizing that hey, this isn't a this isn't a death sentence. Um, even though obviously the doctor says with can any doctor, you you got cancer, they're going to give you the worst case scenario and go, yeah, two to four months or 5% or, or, you know, a year or this, that, and other thing. And you kind of go, Oh shit. Now what? (laughs) But, uh, but you know what? I, 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 uh, I align myself with a few guys in the, in the, within the group, Jim Brown and Kirk Smith. And, uh, you know, they both have the lung cancer and they're, they're multiple year survivors and fighting. And, uh, I, like I say, I aligned myself with them and started talking to them and going, yeah, there's, there's life after this. Yeah. A lot of life. Absolutely. A lot of life. So, and, and
0: the, the power of that shared experience yeah. and, and, and having each other to, to lean on and also just to see what's at the front of the field. Like, cause there's stuff coming all the time and it's oh, all, it's absolutely. all about life extension.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Funny you mentioned that because I was on the, uh, the drug of fat for about six to eight months. And then, um, the Mets went to my brain, into the back of my spine, Oh my. and Im- Im- immediately it was uh, okay. Or, or do you want to have radiation, or how are we going to deal with this? And um, I weighed the pros and cons of the radiation and, and uh, said no to it because it was just too too risky. And then um, my oncologist said, "Well, there's this other drug, Tegreso, that we're going to throw you on." And two to three months after that, the brain Mets were gone.
0: So, oh, that's awesome!
1: And, and every, everything's been stabilized that way. So. You know, that wasn't even available, you know, in the in the recent past. So
0: So these targeted these targeted therapies, um, that's been your mainstay. You haven't had any
1: yeah. have you had surgeries? I haven't. Okay. No. Thank goodness. No, just the eye. So that was it.
0: And your um, status now is is stable?
1: Stable. Yeah. Yeah. Stable. Not NED, but stable. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. so you're so,
0: you're you're well over two years into this, so I am,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's great it's awesome. Yeah. So it's, uh, the tigresso is an amazing drug. It's working what it's supposed to do. And actually there's a, there's a fourth line TKI out, out, uh, right now that a friend of mine is actually doing this, doing the t- uh, trial test on. So there's light at the end of the tunnel for all of us.
0: The emotional journey, you, you touched on that. Um, some of the yeah. things we talk about in man Up to cancer are sometimes guys have a, a, a hard time accepting help. Others, you know, d- diff- just different barriers to overcome emotionally. What was what were some of the barriers for you?
1: I think the biggest barrier for me was letting down my guard and, and actually asking for help. Yeah. In the sense that I wasn't the type of person to to do that. I was very individualistic. And, uh, hey, I can I've handled everything up until this point. I can do this. Not a problem. <laughs> and uh, there were days where it's like, no, I can't. Yeah, I just can't. So
0: Can't, it's funny. Cause you know, I think a lot of us started out like that. And then at some point we just keep getting punched and punched and realize that, oh, that cancer yeah, is not yeah. a solo endeavor.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I started, uh, started going to some groups, uh, you know, the, the, uh, this, there's a, the, uh, Wellspring is a cancer society, cancer group here in, in Calgary. Yes. Started going to them and, and helping out and, and, uh, just aligning myself with the right people. And, you know, the, the man up to cancer group has been phenomenal Great. as well for that, in that sense, you know, it's, you're not alone. It's, yeah. uh, you know, everybody's been through exactly what you're going through. So there's no shame. We're, whatsoever. Just, we're
0: saying so, hi real quick to my 14 year old who's coming back <laughs> in, into the, into the headquarters, the secret headquarters. The of <laughs> 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 um, yeah, absolutely. So, that acceptance of help. And you, so you mentioned your ex-wife, Sarah, has been instrumental in in, oh, in giving yeah. you support. And yeah. um, and then, yeah. so yeah, talk a little more about Wellspring Calgary. So what, what is it all about?
1: Uh, Wellspring's actually, it's across Canada. And um, it's a it's a group of people that have got together and um, they offer support for uh, if you have financial questions or, you know, what to do now that if you have cancer, they've got yoga programs, they've got all sorts mm. of different support group programs for all types of cancer, and it's it's completely free. You can just hang out there and uh, you know talk to people, that sort of thing. And uh, it's a it's a really good support system. Like they they helped me out with finances, uh, what was available to me, where to go to find some sort of answers for for any sort of problems that I had. Um, you know, when when you get cancer, I don't know how it works down there, but they gave you this big book. And go here, or this big folder, and say here. Here's all your support you need. Yeah, handbook for, and the, you kind for of look, the newly you, diagnosed. Yeah, exactly. And you look at this book going, "What the hell?" Like <laughs> there's like 80 pages in here of stuff I don't understand. So I didn't even look at that book for about a month. Month after <laughs> totally. I was diagnosed. So um, they kind of they kind of guide you going, "Okay, don't worry about that part of things right now. Let's get you, let's get you into this group first, and and help you out with." you know, what, what you need now, not two years from now. So. Well, I love so hearing that great.
0: Wellspring has been a, an influential and, and a big part of your journey because I love being able to highlight other resources and places that have really made a difference. Um, oh, they certainly
1: have. Yeah. And they've got all your flyers there too. So oh, put, them, put, them, awesome. put them front and center.
0: You rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay. Well, so let's talk about the outdoors. You, yeah. So you, you, are, you always post these amazing photos of these <laughs> wilderness places these majestic mountains and lakes and rivers and trails so where are these places are these in your backyard Do you step out and they, like...
1: they are they are in my backyard yeah it's uh everything that i've posted is within three hours of where i live so it's uh it's a big playground it's awesome so you um,
0: you've been able to get out continue to to get out and and be in the outdoors doing what you love
1: yeah I have yeah there's been there's been some times where we try to get out every weekend hiking or doing something um riding or something there's been sometimes though um you know we get out to Banff or get out to Canmore and it's like okay let's do this hike and we're half hour and I'm like you know what this isn't happening today it's just I can't yeah yeah and uh we go that's fine and we just have lunch and go home right um you know but it's uh yeah. The, the backyard here is pretty incredible. That's for sure. Um, I'm planning a hike on, uh, September 4th. I'm just, I'm just getting it organized today. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be the biggest one of the year. Uh, we're heading to Mount Temple. It's just over 10,000 feet. So that, that'll be the, that'll be the summit that I'm going to reach. So that's amazing. And I'm going to, I'm going to get to the top of that one where there's no turning around on that one. So
0: <laughs> did it. Wow. And you have, you also have another uh, hiking buddy. So Indy, right? Your dog
1: yeah my dog yeah she's pretty awesome yeah how old is she yeah take her on everything yeah two years old oh, yeah. oh wow so we, we always have to plan a hike where there's a lake though because she's always got to swim
0: i noticed that yeah there was this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> photo of you and the lake yeah. far down below and indy's like has the longing look like oh when are yeah we going let's swimming? go yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
1: exactly yeah 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 she's she rocks pretty good she's my therapy dog for sure never too far from that one
0: and you actually had a legitimate meeting with a wolf recently
1: I did. Yeah, Tell us we about were that. again. Again, we were hiking up at uh, Castle Mountain here. And uh, again, there was a lake there. Indy was swimming and I picked up the stick. We were just about finished lunch and I turned around and there was a wolf about 20 feet away from us just sitting there hanging out in the woods and looking. Indy didn't see it. Sarah and I saw it right away and it just uh, it watched us for a good three, four minutes. Um, wasn't interested in us at all, but uh, just very wary beautiful gorgeous animal um indy gave it a gave it a bark it looked at it like sorry sorry you're in my hood now <laughs> and that was that is it then we we wandered off and saw it uh, actually two more times along the trail so that's it just was, it's it's beautiful it, it's such a beautiful encounter was, it was and incredible you, to get yeah. that
0: photo that you shared that was fantastic yeah.
1: yeah like i said that that photo wasn't wasn't touched up or anything or zoomed in that was just on the iPhone right there. So that's how close it was.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
1: What, what, and, so what, and, motive, and I thought of the, go ahead. I thought of the wolf. I thought of the howling pack right away. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, this is going on that page. <laughs> yeah, That yeah.
0: that was yeah. a popular post for sure. Um, yeah, no what, what motivates you? What, what gets you going to, to stay active? And I mean, I mean, look, based on everything you've gone through over the past <laughs> couple of years, I think there's a lot of people who would just, you know, would just, feast on burgers, hang out on the couch and basically say, you know what, I'm, I'm giving up here. That is not yeah. your story. What, what motivates you no. to to keep going?
1: Well, I'm not done. I'm, you know, I've, I've got, uh, last year when I was planning out all my hikes, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this one and this one and this one, and then temple at the end of the year. So I'm, that's, I've got the goals. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was, I was online today. And I would, I, with an Ironman group and they, they canceled Ironman Canada this year because of all the fires in Penticton. And, uh, but, but they opened up a whole bunch of spots for next year. And in the back of my mind, I went, huh, opened up some spots. (laughs) The itch is still there. (laughs) It is still there. So I'm like, I could do that. (laughs) So it's, it's always, um, it's always a challenge for me to do something either physically or, or, um, advocacy for lung cancer, you know, just to I'd, I'm like I say, I'm not done. Um, and I'd, there's so much more I want to do. So I'm not going to quit. You it's, know, I'll,
0: it's, I'll learn, it's ins- I'll, yeah, it's inspiring. I'll, yeah.
1: I'll, yeah. I'll learn, I'll learn to rest, but I'm not quitting.
0: You're right. Learning to rest. That's a whole <laughs> yeah. other thing, right?
1: Yeah, it is. That's for sure. So, but yeah, that, I think that's what keeps me going is the fact that, uh, you know, I've had so many friends um, or acquaintances that I've met now in the lung cancer society Hmm. or 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 just the groups and you know they've passed away here and there and uh you know it's it's tough but uh you know i didn't see any of them quit they just kept going as far as they can and that's i think that's very important in any cancer that you have it's uh you know it's not a you're not done till you're done
0: damn you right know, I've got damn
1: a, right <laughs> i've have got a have uh, got a little road gear road id gear that i wear all the time when i'm cycling and it's got all my information at the end of it. it's it says never quit so you,
0: you know and it's uh, the importance of putting those things on the calendar and of goal setting it's it's hard man it's <laughs> it's hard oh, to it do that when especially when, yeah. uh, with us when 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 man when the future is so uncertain but yeah. it's so essential and that that keeps coming up as a theme here um on the podcast people bring it up the you know the people that the people that do like they have these things that they are going to do and they put it out there and they're not yeah. they don't let you know the uncertainty get in the way of that and i mentioned it's hard because personally i find it hard when i'm just like man a year from now shit i, I don't know if i'm going to be <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be exactly. here every year from now. Yeah. Like, should don't I know. put this yeah. on the calendar? Yeah. Should I plan yeah. for this? Am I making a yeah. mistake by planning for this? And you mm-hmm. and others have really taught me and inspired me to be like, yeah, hell yeah, put put it sure out there. Like, here, if yeah. you don't put it out there, then you're just basically giving up.
1: Yeah, or you forget about it,
0: or you forget, <laughs> or you forget yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
1: I'm lucky in the sense that I got a lot of friends that keep me honest too. So you know, they I I tell these people that hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Temple Mountain in September 4th, and they're like. They keep reminding me. So, you're doing temple. You're doing accountability. Temple. Yeah, account- yeah I, guess accountability. So. I guess I am. Yeah. So, I guess whether I like it or not. I'm going up there. So, so you have a. Yeah. So
0: let's get into that unique background of you as as an athlete, ultra running, triathlon. Like we talked about before, like the mindset piece of it. Can you talk about the parallels in facing cancer? Throws physical and mental challenges at us. You face those in spades. What has your background as a, as a triathlete and athlete. Um, what does that, how's that translated into your cancer journey?
1: Um, I think the easiest way to do it would be, would be in triathlon in the sense the long triathlons, yeah. like the RNN triathlons are longer than that. Um, everything changes. You can be having, you can be in the middle of the swim and around, you know, 2000 people in the swim and you're getting bashed around and, and things are looking shitty and you're having a panic attack yeah, and you yeah. can't breathe and you're swallowing water up your nose. And, and then all of a sudden you, you found open water and you, and you start getting into your rhythm and you're swimming good and you're, or you get onto somebody's feet and yeah. you've got a draft going on, yeah. and, and things change just like that. And it's, it's just incredible, you know, and all of a sudden you're feeling good and then you get on the bike and things are going well and you get a flat tire. Well, what are you going to do? you're not going to stop you're not going to you're not going to quit you change the tire and you keep going so you know parallels to that in the in the cancer thing um you know when i got the when i when i got the brain mats it's like okay well okay what do we do now you know okay here's our options um you know you either get the radiation or you watch them or uh, you know in my case i was very lucky we we changed medications and it worked out so that's perfect um but yeah there's one of the best things that somebody said to me, it was somebody from the group. Um, I think it was Kirk, but it Mm. was no matter what happens when you go to the oncologist for your results, always have plan A, B and C. Yes. You know, a, everything's good. You're stable. Away you go. Plan B. Okay. Things are progressed. What do we do now? Plan C. Haven't got there yet. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll, uh, but you know, at least you have a plan and, and away you go. It's, it's, uh, very much like a race strategy. In anything that you do, you know you're uh, you can't go out at an arm and and go full bore right from the get go. Right, you gotta plan your attacks and plan where you're gonna where you're gonna speed up or you're gonna slow down where you're gonna rest.
0: And, well, and, and you I also think, have to you also have to expect the suck and be ready for oh, that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And and same thing with cancer. You know, it's there's there's days that I have that it's like, do I really want to get out of bed? Well, no. Or yep. but I'm going to. Um, you know, I'll do the bare minimum today. The next day I'm feeling good. Well, Hey, let's go for, yeah. let's go do something else. So, and you know, you know, as, as well as I do, those days suck. Yeah. Um, and you, you, get through them and, and you keep going, you know, I keep, I keep telling everybody, yeah, I've had bad days, but I've made it through hundred percent of them. So screw <laughs> <it."> <laughs> I love that. And, and the keep ability going. to yeah.
0: endure suffering, whether it be physical Pain, suffering, or emotional, mental anguish. <laughs> I mean, Ironman as iron as an Ironman. That's like that's your bread and butter. Is is I am willing to endure this as long as it takes to get <laughs> to the next phase and yeah. to get to that damn finish line. I don't care if I'm crawling.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and some people do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are some hard hard times there. That's for sure. But you get through.
0: I, I I love it. I love talking to you about that. I haven't had a chance to really go into the mindset of an athlete and then talk about how that has played out in the, in the cancer space. So that's yeah. really cool. Thanks for sharing it's, your thoughts it's, on
1: that. It's definitely made me stronger in the cancer fight. That's for sure. No doubt about it.
0: So we're about to get to the gauntlet of random questions. No one escapes. Oh I'm, I'm going to hit you yeah. with some really tough ones, but b- right. before that, so yeah, to just finish, <laughs> I guess the, what I'm wondering is what you envision for yourself what are you what are you thinking about for the rest of this year, the fall and winter of 2021? What are some of the things on your table, some of the goals you want to achieve?
1: Um with advocacy, I'm really aligning myself with uh, Lung Cancer Canada. So I'm doing some work with them. Wonderful. Want to want to get more involved with them. Um hopefully Wellspring starts opening up again. Yeah. fairly soon and we can we can get back together um physically there and I want to do some some stuff with them as well. Um in that sense with the lung cancer part of things the other thing is i'm mentoring um five or six people at the moment so continue on with that um yeah physically physically i'm just going to keep going um you know after temple we'll see what happens with uh, with the next hike i don't know <laughs> i gotta find a higher peak now somewhere <laughs> to go for So <laughs> it'll be cross-country ski season pretty soon so we'll get into that again
0: i love it awesome yeah. what a great vision all right it's time to put you through the gauntlet Oh, well, here we go. Here we go. I got five awesome questions for you. Well, I right. think they're awesome, but you know what? It's my podcast, so damn it, I'm sticking with that. <laughs> All right, number one, right. would you... Well, actually, imagine yourself streaking naked across the field at a major sporting event. Is there a is there a bar that you would... Like, let's say I would give you a certain amount of money for Lung Cancer Canada. You know, what's the bar that I would need to provide to have Dave Nitchie running across, uh, the stadium.
1: Oh, I'm cheap. Thousand bucks. <laughs> we can, oh my gosh. I think we're going to make that happen. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Good. Uh, go, if, go if, fund me. Eh? <laughs> if, if you were
0: footwear, what kind of footwear would you be?
1: Oh, a racing flat for sure. Love it. Racing flat or spike. Yeah.
0: There you go. That's a unique yeah. answer in this show. You're the first one to go there for sure. Um, how many second graders could you fend off before being physically overwhelmed? Eight. It's a bizarre question. I really love it. Yeah. I got to ask that more. That's The imagination of like these seven, second graders just trying to pummel you like, and like a huge yeah. herd of them. <laughs> so eight is your maximum. After that, yeah. you just, take cause, you.
1: Cause, cause they take you. No, because they have no conscience. They right? don't they would just kick you everywhere They're little
0: savages yeah totally all yeah. right yeah i'm I gonna think get it in trouble would, all right what's the two more the what's the best beverage produced in canada this to can be alcoholic or non-alcoholic your choice
1: hmm. i'd have to say molson canadian
0: i'd have to agree with you
1: over yeah. a 12-pack at some point in the future Critical canadian yeah in a stubby <laughs> If you can find them in a stubby. Oh man, I've seen that. I've Bring seen back, back that some before. memories, eh? <laughs> or moosehead, yeah, moosehead. Oh, there you go, there you yeah, go, there you go. Yeah. All right,
0: good, 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 uh, good answer. And this is another Canadian question to to round it out. You're right. What's What's the next greatest city in Canada after Calgary, of course?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Next greatest.
0: And some thoughts on why.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's certainly not Edmonton.
0: <laughs> edmonton folks out there we love you don't don't listen to dave
1: but i'm from calgary so there's that rivalry right exactly so, um i'd have to go vancouver or you know yeah vancouver so nearby you're not vancouver. coming out east
0: you're sticking to the west
1: no sticking to the west yeah vancouver's got a great vibe um a little busy but you know you can still get to the mountains pretty quick and and do some good stuff out there so oh, it's pretty it's pretty awesome
0: i love it so being yeah, out here from yeah. maine i'm uh, familiar with the the maritime, our maritime friends. So, and we get up to, well, before pandemic, um, before COVID, we would pretty much go every winter up to Mount St. Anne, um, near Quebec city and visit Quebec city, quite a bit and just love the culture there. And I've never actually been to Europe, but people say that's as close as you can get. Oh, without that's, going. As,
1: that's, as, that's definitely as close as you get. It's a nice, it's a nice place. That's for sure.
0: So if you ever get out way, way East, um, whether it's to Maine or Quebec or anywhere out here, you better let me know because I'd love to meet up.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Dave (laughs) Nitchie, Calgary, Canada. You have been a rock star on the show. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Welcome. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for listening to the Man Up to Cancer podcast. If you want to get behind our mission, you can connect with us, subscribe to our email list, and check out our other content at manuptocancer.com. And if you know a man struggling with the isolation that cancer can bring, let him know about us. The Wolfpack doors are always open. Big thanks again to Blue Note Therapeutics for sponsoring today's podcast. Blue Note creates digital therapeutics to help cancer patients cope with the emotional distress of our disease. Check out their premier product, COVID Cancer Care, at covidcancercare.com.